But we are continuing in the words of the Shulchan Aruch on the prohibition of receiving a bride. So here, the Shulchan Aruch again, continuing to quote from the Rambam, says, Just as the person who receives the bride is transgressing the prohibition of taking a bride, so too the giver is over uh, is transgressing the prohibition of putting a stumbling block before the blind, which again, that prohibition applies to any cases where you're causing somebody else to transgress a prohibition. So certainly somebody who offers a bribe uh, is also um, uh, causing the putting a stumbling block before the blind. In other words, he's causing the Dayan to be tempted to transgress the prohibition of receiving a bribe, and that too is prohibited. There is an interesting discussion here in the Pitre Chuvin, regarding whether this prohibition also applies to giving a bribe to a non-Jewish judge. And uh, the opinion here, uh, he quotes from the Khatam Sofer and others, that yes, it also applies uh, uh, the prohibition offering to a non-Jewish, bri- uh, to a non-Jewish judge for, for several reasons. First of all, you know, because you're distorting the outcome. Again, a non-Jewish judge will also be uh, tempted by the bribe, and the outcome will not be correct, and you're corrupting him. And also, very interestingly, B'nai Noach are commanded on Dinim. One of the seven command, seven Noachite commandments uh, to non-Jews is that they must do judgment. They must set up a legal system. And to do Dinim, it obviously must be righteous and must be objective. So therefore, you're corrupting their justice system, and therefore you cannot offer a bribe. The only case that the Tacham Sofer says could have been uh, permitted to, to offer a bribe is if you were in a situation when the entire system was completely corrupt, in other words, there was no being just justice being done. In other words, it was, he says, in faraway lands, not where he was living, but in if you're in a place where everything is completely corrupt and there is no justice, it's all about bribery, then to protect yourself, uh, you would be able to give a bribe. But otherwise, it is completely prohibited to give a bribe, not only in a Jewish Beidin, but also in a non-Jewish court as well. Um, continuing here on the Shulchan Aruch, he says, He says very briefly, without the examples, but even Shochad, which is not actually giving money, but some sort of favors or any other items that were done, that too is prohibited. And here the Sema says, even Shochad Dvarim Amash, even if it's just words that all of a sudden the person starts being nice to you, and says hello to you, and is friendly, overly friendly, more than he's used to, that also could uh, tilt your heart in his favor. Any Dayan who borrowed from somebody cannot judge for that who lent him the item. That's only when the Dayan did not have something to return back, um, uh, what uh, to, to lend back. But if he had, then it's all equal. I borrow from him, you borrow from me. Here the Ramah says, No, it's only somebody who regularly you borrow from. If one time you borrowed from him and it had nothing to do with the deen, it was a while back, it had nothing to do now that he was lending you because now he was coming to you for judgment, then the Ramah says that's not considered serious enough that you would need to excuse yourself from judging on that. And the Shach here says, If you only borrowed from him <coughs> to show him honor and respect, you weren't really in need of the item, then also that's okay. Um, again, unless it was specifically done, the Bach here says, unless it was specifically done, you know, he lent you something specific, 
you know, because he was coming to you for a deen. But otherwise, you were actually, you weren't receiving the favor, you were actually, this Dayan was actually doing him the favor by accepting from him. I'll mention an interesting story in this regard. One time that I saw a case that appeared to me that the recipient was actually doing more honor to the giver. I was once at a wedding that uh, the one who arranged the wedding was uh, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, the famous Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivat Agush, and, and one of the, the great scholars of our, our generation. And he was about to have the signing of the Ketuvah done. And he took, a, he took out a very simple pilot pen to have the Ketuvah signed, to give the witnesses to sign. And the father of the Chatan came along and said, no, 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 don't use that pen. And he he, he, took out, he took out a very fancy and expensive Swiss pen in a case, and he brought it to Rav Lichtenstein, and he said, here, sign, have the Ketuvah signed with this. And, okay, so he said, fine. He took, they used the pen for the signing of the Ketuvah. After they completed the signing of the Ketuvah, he wanted to return the this uh, very expensive Swiss pen to the father of the Chatan. The father of the Chatan says, no, uh, Rav Lichtenstein, uh, keep it, it's a gift for you. So he said, okay, thank you, and he, he took the Swiss pen. So I thought to myself, does was Rav Lichtenstein really interested in this Swiss pen? Probably not. He was just receiving it because, you know, the, the father of the Chatan wanted him to, to accept it from him. A few days later, I had my proof because I went into a Kupat Cholim in Yerushalayim, and I was waiting online then, and sure enough, who walks in? Also, Rav Lichtenstein. And he took a number and sat down, and I see him uh, taking out papers and a pen to write with. And sure enough, which pen did he pull out? That simple pilot pen that he originally wanted to use um, for the Ketuvah, not the fancy Swiss pen that he received. So I assume he only received it, you know, just to show honor and respect uh, to the person who wanted to give it to him. And probably uh, the giver was more the recipient than the recipient.